Next on BYU Sports Nation, the 2015 BYU football depth chart out for all to see. Concerns and convictions on who's going to play. College football insider and BYU national champion Blaine Fowler reveals what the Nebraska offense will try and do to expose the BYU defense. Plus, we'll go live with a BYU football standout after practice. And where is the BYU-Nebraska game ranked among this weekend's contests? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Super Tuesday, September 1st, wherever and however you're dialing. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with coin flip consultant and expert, Jerem Jordan. This is important. The captains were named yesterday for BYU, one of which, you know, Taysom Hill and Bronson Kafusi. So I asked Bronson, how do you manage who, who makes the call on the coin flip? And he said, well, I'm the stats major, so I'll probably doing, be doing the coin flip, to which he did his, you know, laugh, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> I love that laugh. It's very endearing. But you're right. It is Super Tuesday. This is a very exciting day. Let's uh, remind you what's going on today. For the first time ever, BYU Sports Nation has a rebroadcast. Awesome. It's tonight at 6 Eastern time. So as I speak, uh, for those watching the rebroadcast, they're like, wait, that was from the morning. Yes, this is from noon Eastern. You're now watching it at 6 Eastern if it, that is in fact where you fit in the space-time continuum. <laughs> at 7 p.m. Eastern time, the premiere of Inside BYU Football. A lot of people very excited about this. BYU Football, like you've never seen it, all access inside, meeting rooms, the locker room, everything. It's going to be fantastic. An hour-long edition this week, recapping all of fall camp. BYU Football Reality TV. It's going to be fantastic. And then 8 Eastern time, the de- season debut of After Further Review. For the first time, they're doing a preseason edition, getting you ready for BYU and Nebraska. Dave, Blaine, Brian, David, those guys are going to bring it to you tonight. So 6 Eastern, rebroadcast of BYU Sports Nation. 7 Eastern, inside BYU Football. 8 Eastern, After Further Review. Super Tuesday, baby. We just need the monster truck voiceover guy now. Super Tuesday! <laughs> that We do need that guy. <laughs> Don't we have that guy, Ben Bagley? Here are today's BYU Sports Station headlines. Jerem just mentioned that BYU football captains were named. Taysom Hill and Bronson Kafusi. Bronco Mendenhall called it a landslide. Taysom Hill, by the way, listed at number 8 in the USA Today's preseason Heisman Trophy watch list. 11th ranked women's soccer beat Nebraska 2-0 last night in Lincoln. Football team, it's your turn. BYU now 3-0 with two, two uh, zero wins on the season. All of them. 2-0. Haven't given up a goal. They've won 2-0 every game. BYU plays Utah Friday, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. And then next week, Stanford. BYU could be a top 10 team against a top 5 Stanford. There has never week. been a regular season top 10 matchup for BYU. That'd be big time. Remember the Merritt Center, San Diego State, BYU? With Jimmer Fredette, senior, that's the equivalent could happen at uh, Stanford. The newest uh, top 25 rankings for the NSCAA come out this afternoon. BYU women's volleyball dropped one spot in the latest AVCA rankings to number 12 after going 2-1 and one in Los Angeles last weekend. BYU plays in St. Louis another tournament this weekend. And then uh, some NFL news. Washington Redskins cut tight end Devin Mahina. Hope he lands on another team. NFL teams have to trim their rosters from 90 to 75 by 4 Eastern. Also, Dennis Pitta uh, placed on the physical, physically unable to perform list, the pup list. 
Not good. I believe he has to miss uh, at least six, six weeks. weeks. And then, good news: Kavanoi was back out of practice Monday. There have been rumblings of some injury that we don't know that serious of some kind. He was out of practice yesterday, so that's good news. Get our dudes on the field, man. So we wish the, a speedy recovery Dennis, to Dennis and Kyle. Is Dennis going to try and take my spot on the show now that he's on the pup list? Well, he's got six weeks to, you know, blow, I guess. Bring it on, Dennis. <laughs> I want Dennis to get healthy and the be pit, in the league, man. The pit a takeover for your job security or for Dennis to play football? I want him to play football. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm not scared. Channeling my monster truck voiceover <laughs> guy, I say, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Depth chart conviction. And concern. Defensively, that's right. Yeah, that's really close. Almost, almost exactly. Almost. (laughs) You have to have some intrigue, right? uh... I mean, otherwise it's just, what are you guys going to (laughs) do? Bronco Mendenhall had a roundtable with members of the media yesterday, was asked about the depth chart, and in his words, it's almost perfect. He revealed the first official depth chart yesterday. They've got their guys, and we've... Got today's Twitter question. Which is this. Where are you most excited or concerned when looking at the BYU depth chart? We've tweeted that out. First tweet using the hashtag BYUSN at Skyhawk94. I'm most concerned that there isn't another Taysom Hill behind Taysom Hill. Hashtags, he has a point. Hashtag stay healthy. It is a freshman quarterback in Tanner Mangum who I think we all believe is the future uh, for BYU. But not right now. So Taysom Hill's got it. I, I've said this a million times from, uh, from this spot. The key to the season is Taysom Hill's health. It really is. The key to BYU's football future, in my opinion, is Taysom Hill's health, allowing allowing that freshman quarterback, Tanner Mangum, time to acclimate. He is Max Hall to John Beck. BYU's never had success playing a freshman to quarterback. I don't want to see it this season. There you go. Send in your tweets. Hashtag BYUSN. Where are you most excited or concerned when looking at the BYU depth chart? Most of this is not a huge shock. We told you last week that the starting linebackers were going to be, and I look at the list now, Jeremiah Leotadoyer moving from inside backer to outside. He'll start. Fred Warner on the other outside backer position. And the two inside backers, Manoa Pakula and Harvey Longy. We told you that last week. We learned that from Kelly Papinga. So no shock there. However, Jerem, on the defensive side of the ball, isn't it... Natural to hope that the linebackers are the most talented position group. If the defensive line is supposed to be the block eaters, if they are supposed to be the block eaters, and then the linebackers make the plays, and then the secondary is the hardest position to recruit at BYU, in my opinion, then the linebackers need to be good. And I like the group of Warner, Longy, Pikula, JLD, Leuta Duyer. The the backups are decent too. Scott Huntsman is a uh, walk-on, walk-on true freshman backup. I don't, I don't know if that means he's amazing or if BYU didn't have an upperclassman that could challenge for that spot. I'm not, I'm not sure what to think of that. Austin Heater, uh, backup, backing up Longy. Rhett Sandlin, a freshman, uh, backing up Pikula Saitautu, who graded out as the best linebacker from last year. So I like that group. I like the starters. A couple of good uh, backups there. A lot to prove still in terms of playmaking. Last year was, there are injuries. You're the guys now. What do you have? Uh, but they need to be the best group. You're right. The linebackers have to be the best group on defense. Generally, when BYU has good linebackers, the defense is pretty good, right? Fact. So there you go. If you want to know how the defense will perform, 
and you want to make a projection, look at the linebackers. That's no, generally how it works. And there are no KVNs in this group, right? It, you don't have to be to that level. You just have to be solid. You just have to be solid. Assignment sound. How's that for Bronco Mendenhall terminology? You're boring me. <laughs> but, it's, but it's fundamental, right? Make layups and hoops, make tackles in football, blah, blah. Now, the first thing that did jump off the page on the defensive side to me was sophomore Jordan Prater being listed as a safety behind Kai Nakua. Okay, Jerem, channeling my inner Sherlock Holmes. Oh, I love that. The, one, the Benedict Cumberpatch version? Yes. Okay. One could deduct mm. that Kai Nakua might not play against Nebraska. Because of what happened at the end of the Miami Beach Bowl. You sucker punch someone on national TV, there are going to be consequences. To what degree, we'll find out Saturday. But your, your guess is probably the same as mine. Again, this is a deduction. But Jordan Prater, who has been praised all camp long by his defensive coaches. And he's looked good when we've seen him. Cross-trained at safety. He's likely going to play a lot in that role. So, yeah, my eyes went right there. I won't be surprised if he starts and plays the whole game. I mean, and he's a backup. Um, at cornerback, that's that's an important spot because you have freshman corners uh, as the backups right now. Michael Shelton and Diane Lake. Those guys are the future at corner as well. But Jordan Prater pr- has proven himself enough to cross-train at free safety and get some run. To what degree, we'll find out Saturday. But my prediction is this, that he plays a lot. You would think. Why, why would you move him from his natural position? Because there's... Because you need to fill a spot, should Nakua miss some time Saturday. It makes sense. Bronco was asked about the pending suspensions. And interestingly enough, he answered, I will reveal those after the game. I'm not sure if that was a mistake. I wonder if he meant, you know, hey, on game, uh, you'll know in the game. If I were him, I'd say, watch the game, you'll find out. You'll see who's not playing or for how long. Or at the beginning of the game, does BYU release that information? But here's what we know. There are suspensions... Outside of Sione Taki Taki, right? Jamal Williams uh, dropped out of school, so there's another one. Uh, you know, they, there are some guys, we don't know how many exactly, and who, and at what position, that are going to miss the Nebraska game. I had a thought about this. Uh, if BYU couldn't, if they could only get Nebraska that week, you schedule Nebraska. But since suspensions are a regular thing now in the first game, for a lot of teams, not just BYU, why not schedule an FCS? That's a great point. But I, if I'm Tom Homo right now, I'm going. Jerem, you don't understand how it works. We could only get Nebraska that week, so we do it. And that's exactly right. That's why you still do it. Interestingly enough, Bronco Mendenhall did say, I'm not sure we can punish those guys any more than they've already gone through with all of the public scrutiny. But, he said, I am not the only one that makes those decisions. It is not solely Bronco Mendenhall's decision when it comes down to suspensions and hey, punishing players. We don't know what it's for, right? But when the honor code's involved, it's not it's not just Bronco sitting there let the honor code do it. It's Bronco with the honor code with the university, right? They and they manage this to the degree that you can you can work yourself back into a uh, less punishable position based on community service or whatever it whatever it is they decide, right? So there there was a number for suspensions. Remember several months ago? It was like 10, up to 10. You remember that? Um, that I believe Bronco himself said. Someone said it. It's not going to be 10, okay? Well, it is You can par- work yourself back. Yeah, that's the right. thing. There, yeah. there are stringent policies that you can try and work your way back into the lineup. This is BYU. It's called repentance, baby. You can get back. <laughs> now, on the defensive side of the ball, we discussed the linebackers. On paper, looks pretty good. Experience is there. The defensive line, experienced. 
block eaters, but the secondary. What can that BYU secondary do with Jordan Prater as the backup to Kainakua, Eric Takanaka, the Juco transfer, and then you look at the corners. Michael Davis has experience, but he moves from field to boundary, so he's on the other side of the field, and in comes Micah Hanneman to play field corner. Okay, remember Jacob Hanneman? Third-round draft pick to the Cubs, uh, chewing it up in uh, AA right now. Sports Center Top 10 regular. Yeah. This is younger brother Micah. Micah is on Hanneman Island now. Field corner, okay? The other side of the field where he's got a lot of field to defend. It, there might not be anyone with more pressure on the BYU defense than Micah Hanneman to make plays. Sophomore backed up by Michael Shelton, who redshirted last year. He's got to be good because Nebraska might test the new cornerback, and have Tommy Armstrong uh, throw it at him. Oh, the test is coming. Yes. But I, I like Mike Hanneman. I think BYU's got some uh, good young corners. I think Michael Davis is a solid corner. Remember, converted receiver from 2013. It's, it's, they're ready to go. Here's the thing. The secondary will be as good as the pressure is, in my opinion. Exactly. Like you said. The you secondary said looks fabulous when the front seven <laughs> is good. You don't even notice them, in fact, when there's a sack. You just get a sack, and it's the play's dead, right? How can you expect a secondary to be great if the front seven can't get pressure on a quarterback? I don't expect BYU secondaries to be great. I think that's too high a standard. I think that they need to be good enough. Ben, don't break. There's an allowance for yards, right? You're hoping that the other team has a long, sustained drive where they commit a penalty or turn it over. They'll beat themselves yes. with mistakes. That's the idea, and that's fine because BYU's got good athletes. They're just the best athletes they have tend to be at linebacker. Now quickly to the offensive line because I think quarterback, check, Taysom Hill. Wide receivers, experienced and deep. The running back group we have discussed a lot, minus Jamal Williams. It's going to be Algie and Nate Carter. It's and not Adam the Hedy. same, but decent. I think we know what we have in those three position groups, but the offensive line is kind of a, a position group that still has some fluidity to it. Left to right, Riker Matthews, Kyle Johnson, Tijon Karoma, Tuni Kanuch, Louis Lapuahu. A lot of these guys were in the mix last year. And you have Louis Lapuah, who is a backup at right guard. Tijon Karoma's back. He's the leader of this group. Riker Matthews is healthy, which is good. Yet, you have two freshman backups. J.J. and, and Wigway at left tackle. Jeterius Gully at left guard. Two of several freshmen backing up on this BYU defense, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Nine. BYU has nine freshmen listed as backups on its depth chart. I think that's a lot coming out of fall camp. There's some youth there. Yeah, I need to look at some of the other major programs in college football. I wonder how many have nine freshmen on the two deep. And, for example, Tanner Mangum is one of those at backup quarterback. So these guys might get some run. Scott Hunt, I think Scott Hudson's going to play. If you're a backup linebacker, you play in the game. And good for these freshmen earning the right to travel to these iconic stadiums, notably Lincoln Memorial on Saturday. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. Four days away. Memorial Stadium awaits the BYU Cougars on Saturday. ABC National, 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain Time, BYU-Nebraska kickoff the season. BYU already won in Lincoln yesterday. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. What are you most excited or concerned about when looking at the BYU depth chart? It is Super Tuesday on BYU TV, and we're about to make this even more super. How? We bring in Uncle B to Studio B. Blaine Fowler next. 
BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation happening right this very second. On the Twitter machine, follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. It's a Super Tuesday on BYU TV. In fact, the Super Tuesday. Tonight, 6 Eastern Time, the first ever rebroadcast of this program, BYU Sports Nation. 7 Eastern Time, inside BYU football's worldwide premiere. Yeah, I opened it up. The world is our campus, okay? Inside BYU football, like like you've never seen BYU football. All access, uh, a fantastic program. We're very excited about Hour-long edition this week, recapping fall camp. 8 Eastern after further review, a preseason edition, getting you ready. The X's and O's like you've never seen uh, from Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan tonight on a Super Tuesday on Super TV. Tuesday. It's legit. I don't know. <laughs> I need to come That's up the, the unofficial song by yes. Creed. Our Twitter question today. Where are you most excited slash concerned when looking at the BYU depth chart? Bronco Mendenhall released that yesterday coming out of fall camp. We will start with that question as we welcome back in our good friend, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, college football expert, national champion quarterback, all-around good man, Blaine. Welcome back. Gosh, it must be the season. I'm here. It's football season at Blaine's in studio. Football on Saturday. Yeah. So you've seen the depth chart. Where are you most excited and concerned looking at that fall camp depth chart? You get excited about the talent that we know is there. So anytime I see Taysom Hill's name and he's healthy, that's exciting, right? I, I love the receiving core. But as, as a guy that has watched BYU football for a long time and, and, and someone that knows what allows an offense to be good, I'm most excited about the offensive line. Interesting, okay. Because when when BYU's really good, when they win 10, 11 games, they dominate the line of scrimmage offensively. I feel like this offensive line this year has enough experience coming back, but more importantly, they have that little bit of edginess to them that, that we've been talking about for the last couple of years has been missing. That, that allows them to be aggressive, knock people off the ball, allow them to run the football. And if they can run the football effectively, then that opens up the pass game. Um, and, and I think that that's where it all starts. For, B, for successful BYU teams, it always starts with a great offensive line. And this is as excited a, a, about an offensive line as I've probably been in four or five years. Interesting, because I think BYU needs this offensive line more this year than the past few seasons, one, no Jamal Williams, so you need to block well. And then two, you're playing a higher level of opponent, which is great. Not to mention the Taysom Hill answer to us, Blaine, last week. What's, what's the on-the-field difference for you without Jamal Williams? And Taysom Hill said, pass the ball more. You've got, you've got to be able to protect him. You've got to keep your most important player healthy. So not only do you have to be able to run block and knock people off the ball, but you've got to be able to keep that guy on his feet. Let's, let's keep Taysom Hill's backside clean this season. and Because if he's healthy, then this team's got great potential. If he's not, it's a little bit scary. And, and I love Tanner Mangum's skill set, but I never feel good about playing a freshman quarterback when he has to play. Let him acclimate. Yeah, and so if he has the time to acclimate, Taysom plays the whole season, that offensive line does their job, then the sky's the limit in far, as far as I'm concerned with this offense, even without Jamal Williams in there. Because I think there's enough weapons and there's enough change up in there with Algie and Adam. Um, and and then I think Nate Carter gives you a nice change up. There, there's enough there to have a, a consistent run game if the offensive line is dominating the way I think this one can. And there's there's multiple guys on that line now 
I was just looking in the last couple of years for one guy to have a bit of an edge to him. Just you have to have one idiot on the offensive line. <laughs> you just have to have one idiot, one guy Who is that, that idiot that, that in practice everybody goes that goes. Man, the guy's an idiot, but I'm glad that idiot's on my team. Are you willing to call it who the idiot is? No, this, this year line? I think we have a couple of idiots, which is great. <laughs> That's what you want. You, you've got. I, Descri- I just describe that more. A, an like, idiot it, is a guy that he's getting up off the pile and he steps on a guy's hand just because he can't contain himself this, from doing is it. Is this Dustin Reichert? There's. A, I'm not saying. I'm not naming names, you guys. This would but be bad. Is it, in, in other words, a certain tenacity, a nastiness about the, him, the actual a, de- nasty, a defensive yeah. lineman's mentality and offensive lineman. So, idiot, so idiot is at a certain connotation. It's just like <laughs> idiot is a good. In this case, idiot is a good thing. We were talking the other day about uh, Chris Komayatu from from the University of Utah, mm-hmm. like. He just wanted to stomp on somebody's face for no reason. It just was in him. Like, and he's a good kid off the field, but he walked over that white line. It was like controlled rage out there. I, I've been saying for three years, can BYU just get one guy on that offensive line that will raise that nastiness level, just one idiot to raise the nastiest le- nastiness level so that the whole offensive line plays with more aggression? I think they got a couple of them this year. Do you remember? Do you remember <laughs> the, the that. impact that Famika and I had yes. in the limited time he played? The greatest the walk-off performance line of the year against Hawaii in 2012. He brought nastiness to that line for one game. He carted off two dudes in one series. That's what I'm talking about. No one wants to I'm get not hurt, saying Famika's an idiot. But I'm not not saying it. <laughs> and so and he's, isn't he coaching on the team? Yes, he is. Right he can now? he can get some of that nastiness going. So I love a bunch of nice gentlemen playing for us. But when they cross over that white line and you're up front, if you don't want to physically beat the crap out of the guy across from you, then you don't belong out there. And I feel like. Tujay's got a group of guys with some nastiness about him, enough of those guys that they'll raise everyone's level and they'll get after it. And I'm excited to see that. And you want to know what? We get to see it, if the, if it's true or not, in game one. Because the strength of this Nebraska team is their defensive line. They may have the best defensive line in the Big, Big Ten West. And so we'll know if they're good or not Saturday. And if they can knock people off the ball and effectively run it and protect Taysom Hill – then I'm going to get really excited about this offensive line because the test comes right out of the shoot. Okay, I think two years ago the soundbite of the year was Trevor Maddox saying, don't sleep on Idaho State. I believe we have a front runner now in uh, you need... We need an idiot. A, we need we an need idiot or a couple idiot. idiots on the I, offensive line. So, so I'll give you an example. <laughs> so back when Kellen, my oldest, was playing here, um, I said to him one day on the phone, I go, hey, how'd practice go today, Kel? Uh, I was good. Ray Fanga punched me in the face. Ray Fenga's in my uh, ward. I go, why, why, did, why did Ray Fenga punch you in the face? Because he's an idiot. That's just what he does. And I go, he's an idiot. He goes, and Kellen says, no, no, I, I mean that in a very affectionate way. I love Ray Fenga. Like, we got the feel. We're going to bro hug each other. But he's just, he's just an idiot on the field. He's just nasty. Just is yeah, on the verge of punching somebody in the face at all times. I said, did you do something? He goes, no, he just punched me in the face. I go, did you have your helmet on? Yeah, I have my helmet on, so it's no big deal. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Ray was an enforcer out there on the field. He okay. was big, nasty. I'm going to bring that up with Ray tonight at church. Okay, ball. you ask him. Well, I'm sure Ray's much mellower now. <laughs> yeah, <but>. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, just, just to back you up, Brian Keel has talked about this person. He, he explained it as a guy that is like a half or a half chromosome away from being certifiably crazy. Yes. 
you want those guys. So maybe that's the idiot. Yeah. And, and you don't want five of them. You want one or two on the offensive. You can like, only tolerate okay. so many yeah. penalties. Because what, what God does to even out the world is he usually takes six, seven, 320-pound crazy big guys. He makes them really nice. So that we can survive. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to survive. We'd have, you know. And then the smaller guys are usually the nasty guys. So when you can get that big, mild-mannered guy and put him beside a crazy man, then the mild-mannered guy gets a little bit of craziness in him. And now all of a sudden, you're coming off the ball and you're dominating people and you're knocking people around. And now you've got yourself a good offensive line. And I, like I'm. I think there's a couple of guys on there that could play that big, nasty role uh, this year that have that mentality. And you know what? I'm not naming names, but lots of times the offensive line starts with the center. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> it, it, he needs – yeah, Tijon needs to be uh, – It needs is to be good. needs to be uh, – have some nastiness. Let's talk about the secondary because that's kind of where the most question marks are going into uh, – uh, game one right here. So we have Hanneman at field corner, Davis at boundary corner, Takanaka at cat, and Kainaku at free safety. Uh, we were talking about how it's, it's not hard to predict that maybe there's some consequences from the sucker punch in the Miami Beach brawl, Jordan Prater at free safety. Your thoughts on the secondary? Yeah, I, we've, we saw them cross-train Jordan Prater. We saw him in the last scrimmage playing free safety. He looked really good. I, like, I was impressed. He definitely has the feet for it. Um, what I'm looking for, I think they're athletic enough there. If you play Jordan at, at free, Hanneman, to me, was the most impressive guy from just a pure physical standpoint in the, in the defensive backfield. We, we know that Michael Davis can run with the wind, and we know that Prater's got good feet and can run. When I watch Hanneman, I get really excited because his hips, the way he flows to the football, the angles that he takes on the field, things that through repetition you hope guys get, he just has naturally. So I think that he, before the season's over, we're going to go, wow, this kid could be one of the better DBs BYU's ever had there. He's going to be really, really good. That gives me some comfort, um, and he's smart. What I'm watching for in the first couple of games, we had athletic guys back there last year in the secondary, yet we were getting 10 and 11 games in, and we were talking about the same coverage errors. Can they play smarter this season? Can they be where they're supposed to be? They're physically gifted enough to be able to cover anybody that they need to cover. For BYU, this offense is going to be so good. If that defense can do what they're supposed to do, keep people in front of them, don't allow big plays, make teams drive 12 and 13 plays to get a score, and then when they throw it underneath, come up and smack them in the mouth. Now you're playing the kind of defense BYU has to play. They don't have to be lights out on defense. They need to manage points and make teams drive the field. This offense is good enough to win every game that you're in if you can just do that. So I'm watching the secondary to see if they're smart. Will they stay on top of things? Will they be in the right coverage? Will they not give up big plays? If they'll do that, and they're certainly physically capable to do that, then this is going to be this will be a good season. Generally speaking, when the linebacking core is good, BYU has a pretty solid defense because the linebackers play such a huge, vital role in the three-four. They're the majority in that front seven. So, is when you look at the defense with who is placed on the field right now in that depth chart. Are the linebackers the best position group on the BYU defense right now? I, I think they are, they're very talented. I, I, I would put them ahead. I think the D-line is really good. But we expect such a workman-like effort out of the D-line. If I was going to say who am I most confident in, 
going into the first game, I'm most confident that that D-line is going to eat up blocks up front and do their job. So I'm most confident in that group. I think the linebackers are their most talented group, which is what they need to be. But with the position changes and moving guys from inside to outside and and, and Lange finally being a leader and being a full-time guy there, I I still think they're a work in progress. They're definitely the most talented. But will they be able to produce? Well, we don't know. I know that D-line will produce. Those guys have all played. When you look at uh, the backups, uh, there are nine freshmen uh, in the two deep. What do you think of that number with freshmen? I, I think that's high. You know, you guys were saying you'd have to look and see if other programs. I, I, I mean, I, I think that that's a high number. Um, it's a testament to the kind of talent they're bringing in that these guys can make their way just in a few weeks of fall camp to where they're going to be relied on to play. Um, but I get a little bit nervous about that. I get, I get nervous about a freshman as your backup quarterback. Um, He's as talented a freshman quarterback as they've had here ever. I watch his skill set and I go, wow, he's really, really going to be good. But then, then you know, I, I think about trying to make reads and do all the things when the field's just running crazy. That makes that makes me nervous. A lot of line, you know, a lot of linebackers and secondary players that are young. I mean, it's just you, experience is important in this game. And there's a big jump from high school to college. And then there's an even bigger jump when your first game's in front of 90,000 people at Nebraska against a team that's pretty talented. So let's hope we, just like we said with Tanner Mangum, that we can get these guys seasoned over time, that they can play in spots and that we can take the really great physical talent they have and combine that with experience. So by second half of the season, we're feeling really good about the depth. Okay, Blaine, looking at Nebraska and BYU, the dynamic of that Nebraska offense, which has big-time question marks against the BYU defense, and we already discussed the question marks there. What's Nebraska going to do to try and expose BYU defensively? Well, first of all, they're going to try to get to the edges to see if these outside backers um, can play force, to see if Takanaka at Strong State can come up and play force. They're going to try to attack the edges with speed. They're more um, experienced outside of the tackles. The inside of their offensive line is new. So I don't know that they're going to run right downhill, but they're going to test BYU in the run game first. Mike Riley likes to balance it up, establish the run game. He likes to run a pro-style offense. Um, And then I think if they can successfully run the ball early, they'll play action pass and try to get things over the top. Um, It's really interesting to me. So you got Tommy Armstrong quarterback, and he's really an option guy. And he's been, during fall camp, I've read about 10 articles coming out of Nebraska, very inconsistent in the past game. I mean, it doesn't fit what Mike Riley likes to do, but Mike Riley's got to kind of got to do what Robert and I did the second half of the season last year and adjust the offense to fit Kristen Stewart. Mike Riley's got to adjust this offense to fit Armstrong. So I, It doesn't I, sound like that's happening. Yeah, I don't know. It's really, really hard to put your finger on how what Nebraska is going to look like offensively because we know what Mike Riley wants to run. We know that he doesn't have the quarterback to run exactly what he wants to run. So what kind of in-between are we going to see in that first game? But certainly they'll try to establish the run, and then they'll take some shots over the top to see if BYU is going to keep things in front. This will be discussed, I can guarantee it, tonight on After Further Review where you can watch Blaine Fowler at 8 Eastern, the debut of After Further Review. You can also see Blaine live in Lincoln on Countdown to Kickoff this Saturday. Safe travels, my friend. It's game week. It's game week. We made it. We made it to game week. The survival period is real, okay? Congratulations to all of you for enduring with us. Where does BYU-Nebraska rank among all of the opening weekend games in college football? We'll tell you that in about 12 minutes. And uh, up next, we'll go live to BYU football practice. 
with a Cougar football standout. BYU Sports Nation continues on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. Tonight, 6 Eastern time is when Super Tuesday starts on BYU TV, a rebroadcast. Tuesday. Yeah. A BYU Sports Nation, the first ever rebroadcast. Catch it uh, 6 Eastern time. 7 Eastern, Inside BYU Football, the premiere of the all-access inside show in the meeting rooms, in the locker room, on the practice field, taking you inside BYU Football, showing you like you've never seen it before, 7 Eastern Inside BYU Football. 8 Eastern after further review, Dave, Blaine, David, Brian, break down BYU and Nebraska as we get you set for that game. Also want to mention Countdown to Kickoff, Saturday, 2.30 Eastern, live from Lincoln and Provo. We Listen, this whole week we've got you covered, every week, all season. Inside BYU Football, after further review, BYU Sports Nation, pre- and post-game shows, live soccer games, and volleyball. We got you covered, that's how, baby! That's how we roll. Let's refresh today's BYUS and headlines, starting with the announcement of the two BYU football captains for the 2015 season, that number lower than years previous. But Bronco Mendenhall said it was a landslide for Taysom Hill on offense and Bronson Kafusi on defense. Taysom was also listed at the number eight spot in USA Today's preseason Heisman watch list. 11th ranked women's soccer beat Nebraska 2-0 last night in Lincoln. The Cougars are now 3-0 on the season. They host the Utah Utes from the mighty Pac-12. Friday, 9 Eastern time, live on BYU TV. BYU will probably be ranked in the top 10 at roughly noon mountain time today when that latest NSCAA poll is released. I wonder when they released. vote. I imagine it was Sunday. Women's volleyball dropped one spot in the latest AVCA rankings to number 12 after going 2-1 and one in L.A. last weekend. They'll play at a tournament in St. Louis this weekend. The Washington Redskins cut tight end Devin Mahina. NFL teams have to trim their rosters from 90 to 75 by 4 Eastern time today. Dennis Pitt is now on the physically unable to perform list. That's the pup list. Also, Kyle Vannoy was out at practice. For the Lions yesterday. By out, I mean he was out there, not missing. That Den- was Dennis confusing. is going to play for the Ravens in Week 7. I think we're going to see Dennis so. on the field in Week 7. I hope we don't see him in Provo hosting this show Weeks 1 through 6. <laughs> and Kyle, we hope to see in Week, week 1 week? or 2, right? Let's, let's go, man. Or this week against the Bills in their exhibition. All right. While we have a moment, we saw something in Athlon Sports earlier today. This was interesting. That really sparked... A conversation in our uh, pre-production meeting, and that is, what is the best game this weekend? It's, it is quite the opening weekend. I mean, there are like seven or eight games where I'm like, yeah, watching. Yep, I'm going to watch that too. Oh, I want to watch that There are a bunch of games, game. and I'm like, I would watch that, but we have the pregame show. BYU-Nebraska. <laughs> where does that game fit among the 87 games featuring FBS teams in the opening weekend? It's, it's interesting. Okay, so number one, Ohio State at Virginia Tech. That's Monday Night Football next week. Number two, Texas at Notre Dame. Three, Louisville-Auburn. Four, Arizona State-Texas A&M in Houston. Alabama-Wisconsin's number five. How, how is that number Are five? Are you crazy? That's the best game. Six, TCU-Minnesota. And then seven is BYU at Nebraska. Eight, by the way, Michigan at Utah. The interest level for any of these games, by the way, number one's Michigan-Utah. Number one. Everyone's interested because to see of what the Harbaugh factor, yeah. and it's on a Thursday. Yeah. So number seven, interesting. BYU at Nebraska, one of the can't miss games this weekend, opening weekend of college football. Joining BYU Sports Nation now, 
via the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is our good friend Devon Blackman. Devon, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back. Okay, we have discussed the word elite about the wide receiver group quite a bit this offseason. When you look at your wide receiver group, your teammates, yourself included, do the wide receivers for BYU qualify as elite? Definitely. I mean, there's no question about it. You got uh, the Twin Towers, Mitch Matthew, Nick Kurtz, and you got the little shifty guys and Kurt Henderson who's run, who runs great routes. You never tell what he can do it. And then you got myself who's shifty and who's fast and you take a screen to the house. So it's just we're very dynamic and we can catch you off guard at any point. So definitely I feel like we're dynamic and uh, elite. Are we going to see more wide receiver type screens with, say, you and others this season, you think? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, we hope so. Um, I never know what the coaches are cooking up, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, definitely what I displayed in practice showed that we can do it, uh, you know, and that uh, I can be counted on to do those. Devon Blackman with us on BYU Sports <clears throat> Nation senior wide receiver. Devon, what do you expect from yourself in game number one against Nebraska? Um, To contribute and make big plays when my number's called on. Definitely. I want to try them deep. I want to try them short. You know what I mean? I just want to give them everything. Okay, let's say you're the offensive coordinator and Robert and I come, or Robert and I come to you and says, you know what, Devon, I trust you. Uh, I trust you. I want you to call the first play of the game. What are you calling in game in the first play against Nebraska, Devon? Uh, early, late, 95. Which is? Uh, so you got everybody to the left. Well, don't give away the game plan, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give away the play. Nebraska people, they're what? No. But just, is it deep to you? Come on. Yep, yep. That's all it is. Okay. See, I, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to help you there. I, I don't want Nebraska to know the play call. Exactly. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> I got your back. So a deep ball to Devon Blackman, which, by the way, Devon, Jerem has been calling for. He thinks that the first play of every season should be a long bomb to the wide no, receiver. No, of every game. Of every game, not just the season. Is that right, Devon? Every game, the first play should be a deep ball. Um... Yeah, I would like to say that, but you know, we got we got good receivers that can do it. We got Nick Kurtz, who's been great at the deep ball fall camp, so he can do it. And we got Mitch Matthews, and we got me. Then we got Kurt. We got Morona. We got, like I said, we can score. We can put anybody in there deep ball and go for it. But yeah, I would love to see be me, me out there for my senior year to be out there catching the deep ball, though. Devon, how do you start fast on offense against Nebraska Saturday? Um, kickoff. Soon as starters kick off, so as soon as we hit them in the mouth on kickoff, our defense take over, then the offense just come down the field and we score. That's how we're gonna start fast. Starts with kickoff. From the film that you have seen on Nebraska, how do how do the BYU wide receivers match up with the Nebraska defensive backfield? Hmm, good question. Um, I think we match up pretty well. I mean, they're they're all six feet and over six feet, one ninety. It seemed like they got some size on them. I was looking at film. I don't know if they got hips, and um, that's going to be to my advantage because I'm very shift and quick. So uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, I read I read a couple of guys. Uh, I read a couple of their bios, and none of them ran track and was like elite speed. You know, it was more like ten eight, eleven, and you know that's that's in high school and football. You don't really focus on speed that much. You just get bigger in the off season, and you know what I mean. So we'll see. This offseason, we was focusing on speed, so we'll see. It should be a great matchup against strength versus speed. Uh, a couple weeks ago, there was an interesting article about the effect of no Jamal Williams on the team this year for you personally, uh, as a friend, as a high school teammate. Um, what, what's it been like the last couple weeks, and are, are you doing better 
uh, now without Jamal Williams on the team? Uh, yeah, I'm doing better. I'm just really focused on football. You know what I mean? I cut all distractions out. Uh, I'm just really focused on football and school, man. And um, I have great teammates. You know what I mean? And they, I talk to them every day, and they they come for me. See on they talkie talkie. That's my boy. Uh, you know, we from Rialto, so it's two of us from Rialto left. <laughs> so we just try to stay, keep each other in line. And um, you know, I'm real close with the receiver core and everybody else on the team, the defensive too. You know, I really get along with the corners on the defense. So it's all good. I mean, it hurts, but you know, I got other friends too. Devon Blackman joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline on BYU Sports Nation. Devon, when you look at the dynamic of not having Jamal on the field, Taysom Hill told us we're going to pass the ball more. Like I, I see, I sense that we are going to pass the ball more. How much more passing do you anticipate that BYU will put on the field compared to last year? Um, I mean, a lot more because you you take. A work a workhorse out. Jamal's a work a work a workhorse, so that's a hard word. <laughs> you take him out, and you know that only you only got Taysom and Algie. You know what I mean? And then you got five good, great receivers who who can you know like I said, who very dynamic and were elite. So I'd rather put the ball in their hands and then surprise them with a run because Taysom can take off anytime. Algie can break one anytime. But right now we need to focus on more passing. So I think there are a lot there'll be a lot more passing. Devon, what's the dynamic like as you recall being 4-0 and where you were at, and then the season kind of takes a turn? How do you how do you pick up, try and pick up where you left off at 4-0 last year? Um, We start fresh. I mean, there's no picking off. We start fresh. This is a whole new team. We got new leaders. We got we got the whole new chemistry. The team of the chemistry is different, so we can't really pick off. Pick off from where we left off. We just got to start fresh and focus on what's ahead. How often have you thought about this moment at Nebraska over the past few months? Ah, uh, every day. Every day. But now we're getting closer. It's even getting more. Like, I can't even sleep at night, bro. I'm having a hard time sleeping. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's bad. But uh, I think about it every day. I just think about the opening kickoff, the stadium, what's it going to sound like, what's just the smell. It's just, man, I can't wait, man. It's my senior year, dog. I'm ready. Okay, it's Tuesday. The game's Saturday. What's it like right now in the locker room with the team as you get ready for the game? Yeah, everybody's just ready, man. We're just—it's almost just like we're just like, okay, hurry up, practice. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's get through this practice. We're gonna work hard through this practice and look forward to Wednesday. Now we gotta look forward to Thursday because each day is like getting closer to the game plan. You know what I mean? So it, every day is more intense. Every day is more precise. Every day is more exact. Devon, always great to talk to you, my friend. We appreciate the time, and uh, we look forward to what you're going to do against Nebraska. But before you go, we would like to give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Is that cool? Yeah, that's cool. All right. The karma is now delivered to senior wide receiver Devon Blackman. Now go, my son, and succeed. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome, man. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Devon Blackman, always entertaining. Listen, I hope he picks up where he left off in the Cal game. Six catches for 61 was a threat, right? This is, this is a guy that when he came into BYU was supposed to be the speedster, the deep threat, right? I think that he can have a bigger role on this team this year because he is a good athlete. It's tough for BYU to get Devon Blackman's on the team sometimes. So let's take advantage of that. Thanks to Devon Blackman for joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Our Twitter question today, where are you most excited or concerned when looking at the BYU depth chart? At CJ America says, 
excited about Mitchell Jurgens getting the start at HB. And how can't you smile when you see the starting linebacker core? It's hard not to. Yeah, it's exciting. On paper, it looks really good. But will it translate to the field? It typically looks pretty good on paper all the time. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> By the way, uh, Jason Beck just confirmed uh, to the media he'll be in the press box. Robert and I will continue to call the offense plays on the field. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation and welcome to the club. BYU football got another top 10 ranking for the best game, one of the best games in college football this plus, weekend. Plus, what did Taysom Hill just say about the team's talent? BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in Studio B. This Friday, we'll be live from the BYU Store on campus. It's going to be fantastic. Same time, same uh, different place. Noon Eastern time, BYU Sports Station there. You'll have a chance to win swag by showing up if you're local or by watching. So stay tuned for that this Friday at the BYU Store. I think the big reveal will be whether or not there is confetti. In the BYU like, store or not. Are they going to let us shoot it off or not? You have to watch. Because last year, boom, literally. And with, I told you this. We just sat in garbage, basically. Yeah, I was in the, Connecticut. The whole show. It was a Friday game, was so a Friday I was game. in Connecticut. So Saturday or Friday is going to be, you know, it's tomorrow as opposed to it's game day. There are literally pieces that have fallen on our set this week. How does that happen? I like, don't know. Does the air shift in here and then like, oh, yeah, here comes another piece of confetti yeah, from... there's construction... Rumble. Uh, uh, 365 yeah. days ago. Mm-hmm. Hey, whatever. Almost, yeah. Yeah. It's been over a year. Our Twitter question today. Where are you most excited or concerned when looking at the BYU depth chart as they head to Nebraska at Laser Sheep says most concerning is a defensive back. Good names that we like, but mostly unproven. Only place to go is up. Let's see it. You can go sideways. Just want to mention that. You can like <laughs> stay the same, right? Put on the blue goggles, Jim. It exists. Put on the blue goggles. No, thanks. And restate that. No, thanks. Um, Jay Drew of the Salt Lake Tribune says the following. Taysom Hill, uh, media going on right now. Uh, Taysom Hill says this is the most talented team in his four years at BYU. Says the pieces are in place for a strong season. How much do you buy into that? I tend to agree with that. I need to see the BYU defense. But 2013 was a pretty talented BYU team. Think about the linebackers you had there. We were discussing this. The, if Alani Fua makes the Cardinals and Wani Yunga makes the Giants, which I think there's a good shot with Wani. I, I think Alani's got a shot, too. I think both of them will at least be on the practice squad, okay. just from what their head coaches have said. Okay, look at this. Uh, offensively, Hoffman's senior year. Sophomore and uh, Jamal Williams, Taysom Hill. Okay, that dynamic 3-0 trio was pretty good. The linebackers on that 2013 team, Kyle Van Noy, NFL. Spencer Hadley, NFL. Wani Unga, NFL. Alani Fua. We will find out. That could be the greatest single group of four as a group at linebacker, maybe, that BYU's ever had. I mean, one of the best ever. So you look Daniel at Daniel Sorensen. And NFL. Daniel Sorensen in the secondary. Wow. That was something, okay. wasn't it? And then uh, a, young, a young Bronson. Who on is that a team projected as well. NFL draft pick. Yeah. We could, look back, we could look back on that team and say there were like six dudes that are in the It was a really, really talented BYU football team. So that's for Taysom to say that. And he might be focusing on the offense, but he said the team. Okay? There are a lot of things that play into that. But he's the captain. He's the leader, right? He is the clear leader.
They've got Brunson is the captain with him. You trust that guy, right? Up next on BYU Sports Station, we get you caught up on everything going on in the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. The Cougars announced its two ca- uh, the two captains for the 2015 season, Taysom Hill and Bronson Kafusi. Taysom Hill also listed at number eight in the USA Today's preseason Heisman watch list. Soccer. You read that really fast. 11th ranked BYU women's soccer beat Nebraska 2-0 last night in Lincoln. BYU now 3-0 with 2-0 wins in every game. They've outscored the opposition 6-0 over three games. They host Utah from the mighty Pac-12 this Friday, 9 Eastern, live on BYU TV. The new NSCAA rankings released later this afternoon. Cougars in the NFL. Washington Redskins cut Devin Mahina. NFL teams have to trim their rosters from 90 to 75 by 4 Eastern. Also, Dennis Pitta of the Ravens put on the pup list. He's out for at least six games. Also, Kyle Van Noy was at practice yesterday for the Lions. That's good news. Women's volleyball. BYU dropped a spot in the latest AVCA rankings from 11 to 12 after going 2-1 and one in L.A. last weekend. They play at a tournament in St. Louis this weekend. Baseball. Jacob Bregman went 2-3 for three with a homer and four RBIs as the Midland Rockhounds clinched the second-half championship of the Texas League South Division despite losing to Frisco. Also, pitcher Colton Mahoney with the Staten Island Yankees picked up a win last night, started, tossed seven innings, one earned run, struck out six. Future guests include Nebraska head coach Mike Riley. That's tomorrow. hitting tomorrow. Men's volleyball coach Sean Olmstead, Chris Schmidt of HailVarsity.com, Greg Sharp, Radio play-by-play for the Huskers, Brian Keel, Nate Austin. Yeah, you know. You know how we do on BYU Sports Nation. we got a lot to talk about this week with Nebraska, with men's volleyball schedule, with Mike Riley, obviously, Nate Austin, the Spanish trip. There's a lot going on, man. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to women's soccer at BYU for setting the tone in Nebraska during game week and not allowing a goal through three matches. What are you most excited or concerned when looking at the BYU depth chart? Let's go to our elite tweet of the day. At True Blue Clint says, most excited BYU football this week. Least excited have to wait several more days. It's only four more days. Thanks to Blaine Fowler, Devon Blackman, and everyone on our crew. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Justin Lucarote.